Smith. Carson Wentz is gone. As the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback, is there a more beautiful dream as his replacement than Tom Brady? The answer is there is no. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We'll also talk about Indiana's game tonight in Columbus against Ohio State. Also, Jawan Howard, Greg Gard, a dust-up yesterday in the handshake line. We'll talk about that. What needs to be fixed immediately across all sports, and, and in particular basketball, for the love of God, it's finally time to do something about this. This is Inside Indian. No, it's Breakfast with Ken. Are you kidding me? Of course, it's Breakfast with Ken, brought to you by the great people at uh, Johnson's Plumbing. They do wonderful work. They replaced our water heater. They replaced our garbage disposal. They uh, looked at the sump pump and said, you know what? You're okay. I love Johnson's Plumbing because if things are okay, they're not going to try to sell you stuff. You can trust them. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. Let's talk about sports. Hit the subscribe button, the like button, the ring the bell. All that stuff. Hopefully we're ringing this tonight for an Indiana victory against Ohio State. I'll tell you why that's a likely outcome tonight in just a couple of minutes. Last week, Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com ranked the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously. And uh, what he, where he slotted Carson Wentz is just about right, just about where you would guess, kind of in that middle ground of the tier that Carson Wentz is a part of, said he's the 19th best quarterback in the NFL, right between Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy Garoppolo, two of the guys who are often discussed as potential replacements for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is mediocre among NFL starting quarterbacks, regardless of his physical stature and how he fills the jersey. His results have been resolutely mediocre since that year in 2017 where he was an MVP-type guy, right? Since then, not so much. Colts reportedly have decided to move on, which means that Jim Irsay is not happy at all with Carson Wentz. And he's the guy. He's the owner. So he didn't go pay a quarterback $27 million that he didn't care much for, $28 million. Is Tom Brady a guy who would be a candidate for this position? There are reasons to believe that Tom Brady may play again. He's 44 years old right now. He turns 45 on August 3rd. He, in an interview with Jim Gray, a podcast, didn't say he's never going to play again. He didn't say that. Could have said that. Didn't say that. That's got people wondering whether he may play again. If he plays again, it's not going to be in the NFC. I know a lot of people look at San Francisco and say, you know what? Boy, oh boy, oh boy, would that be a great fit. He's a Bay Area guy, Tom Brady is. He would probably love to finish his career in his kind of home area, which sure he would. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't going to allow that. They're not going to allow San Francisco to be a roadblock between them and their goal of winning a Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl. There's no way that they send him or allow him to go to uh, the 49ers, and he's under contract for another year, Tom Brady is. And so where do you send him? If the, the set of partners is limited to the AFC, where could he go? He could go to Pittsburgh. He could go to Denver. He could come to Indianapolis. 
Indianapolis in a dome. That's nice. You know what? Not bad weather. Good weather. Because domes, you have good weather. And and you're primarily in warm weather uh, areas for road games, right? Because you play in Nashville, you play in Jacksonville, you play in Houston in a dome. This is a nice situation for Tom Brady. Offensive line's pretty good. Defense is good. You got Jonathan Taylor. You don't have maybe the weapons you'd like. The question to me in bringing Tom Brady to Indianapolis or anybody to Indianapolis is at what point does the uh, the process accelerate for the Colts in terms of winning now? Like, we haven't seen that. Chris Ballard is not a win-now guy. Chris Ballard is a win-then guy. It's always about the future. It's always about being prudent. This is what Chris Ballard does. He drafts his roster prudently. He doesn't go out of his way to sign free agents, and big money free agents are really never a target. They never go after that kind of, that shiny guy in free agency as free agency opens. You've got franchises that do that. You've got franchises that don't. The Colts have historically, under Chris Ballard, been a franchise, and this goes back to Bill Pullian, too. Pullian was not a big fan of free agents. Right, I remember when Chad Bradsky, and this was for years, was the last free agent, big money free agent, a guy that projected as a starter as a free agent, was signed by the Colts. So Polian wasn't that kind of guy either. We talk about Polian as being a genius of roster architecture. Well, Bill Polian wasn't one of these guys either. So we're not kind of casting blame on Chris Ballard. But at some point, you got to say, all right, the time's now. Let's go. This might be that time. And in getting Tom Brady would signal that it was that time. You're certainly not building for the future with Tom Brady, right? He's got, like I said, 45. That Nobody's played productively at 44. Now you got a guy who's going to play at 45. Now what Tom Brady did at 44, all right, he led the NFL in completions, attempts, yards, 5,316 yards, touchdowns with 43. He was number, uh, what was he, number two in the MVP voting, number three in Offensive Player of the Year voting, which is kind of odd. Tom Brady can still get it done. Would he want to get it done here? That's the question. Interesting question. So One of those things that kind of keeps us warm. Today's going to be warm in central Indiana. Later in the week, we're going to need stuff to keep us warm because it's going to be really chilly again unfortunately. So that's where we are with Tom Brady. If they get Tom Brady, then you got to go, you got to go full bore win now mode. That's what the Rams did and they won. Sometimes it doesn't work out that nicely, but at some point for the Colts, you got to go into win now mode and replacing Carson Wentz with Jimmy Garoppolo, nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, Greg Rosenthal, if you feel good about Greg Rosenthal, he ranked Jimmy Garoppolo 20th, a step beneath Carson Wentz and Teddy Bridgewater 18th. You want to, you know, shuffle deck chairs on the Titanic, you can. But replacing Carson Wentz, spending the $15 million against the cap to go acquire a guy who's roughly his equivalent makes no sense whatsoever. Indiana basketball tonight, 7 o'clock. Going to be an interesting game because Ohio State, 
has played three times in the last nine days. This will be their fourth game in nine days. Indiana has not played at all in the last six. So Indiana is well-rested. Ohio State is kind of gassed. They played on Saturday and kind of got their doors blown off in Columbus by Iowa. So this sets up to be one of those games where Ohio State looks like they're playing underwater a little bit and Indiana looks like it's vigorous and enthusiastic and hustling because they, and I'm sure Mike Woodson has allowed these guys an opportunity to kind of get their legs back underneath them. I think Indiana's got a real chance tonight to pull the upset at Ohio State, move their record to 8-8, eight and eight, and set up the last four games of the Big Ten regular season to benefit them, right? They've got a couple of games they can win. They can beat Maryland at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. They can go to Minnesota. They can win that game, right? They've got Rutgers at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Rutgers pretty damn good, although Purdue won, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Purdue beat them yesterday. Purdue's really good. Jaden Ivey went to the line 18 times yesterday, made 15 foul shots. He is really, really good. And last night, if you watch the NBA All-Star game, I got a feeling in the not-too-distant future, you're going to see Jaden Ivey in that game. Jaden Ivey just looks like, when you look at him and you see the shoulders and you see the build and you see the ability, ability to get the corner on guys, you kind of go, wow, that guy is an NBA All-Star. We'll see. Maybe you can do that for the Pacers. That'd be kind of nice. Uh, but I think Indiana's got a great chance to get the win tonight. So we're rocking the sweatshirt. It's what we do. We're Indiana fans. We're unabashed about it. I spent six years on that campus. I've earned every right to be an Indiana honk. I make no apologies, all right? Um, yesterday, Wisconsin... Wisconsin beat Michigan by 14. Wisconsin's up by 14 late. They call a timeout with 15 seconds left because Michigan was pressing. Greg Gard had reserves in the game and didn't want the reserves to have to turn it over on a 10-second call, so he called timeout. Wisconsin and Michigan get in a handshake line. And... uh, Juwan Howard wants to do a blow-by handshake. He's not happy with guard. And he says, I'll remember this, according to these guys in their post-game media availabilities. Then uh, Greg Gard grabs Juwan Howard by the arm and tries to explain why he called the timeout. Greg Gard's like a saucy little guy. Likes to, you know, he's always yipping and yapping. He's like the terrier next door that never stops barking. Anyway, uh, Juwan Howard takes offense, and they start yelling at each other. Guard is poking Howard in the chest like this. I don't know how he reached his chest, but he did. And Juwan Howard isn't happy. An assistant comes up to Juwan Howard, a Wisconsin assistant, and uh, um, so what happens from then? Juwan Howard reaches out, slaps the assistant, a guy named Joe Krabenhoft, and all hell breaks loose. So you got a, uh, a brawl, a bit of a brawl. People throwing punches. There are going to be suspensions, big problems for both of these universities, both of their, their programs. Please, for the love of God, end the handshake line. I've talked about it for years. I've seen, I, I was 
on a team that was attacked during the handshake line against Trinity High School in Louisville. My wife was on a team, a basketball team, that was attacked on the court during the handshake line. A game, uh, her Bishop Knoll team uh, went up against Gary Roosevelt. There was a brawl. My son, playing for Cathedral High School, part of another brawl against Arlington High School. The kid from Har- Ar- Arlington hit one of our kids, Ty Cockerham, whacked him in the handshake line. Stop this. I know you want to put on this facade of sportsmanship, but anybody who played understands that this is not about sportsmanship. It's about what you're supposed to do, so you do it. And you do it without any kind of feeling, without any kind of investment in the people you're shaking hands with. Good game, good game, good game, good game, good game. game. Why? Why is this charade perpetuated when the outcome so often is going to be a brawl. It's just stupid to put together coaches and players. And and I, I'm not excusing Greg Gard or or especially Juwan Hunter or Juwan Howard. You cannot put your hands uh, on people. If you're a coach, you you can't put your hands on people, opponents in anger ever, ever. So this is not excusing it. I don't think he should be fired. Suspended the rest of the year, sure. Not fired. Gregard suspended for, what, three games, let's say. You, you just can't have this idiocy. However, you put in play the potential for idiocy every time you force these teams to go about the business of, of shaking hands at the end of the game. Emotions are just too raw. If you want to do something that connotes sportsmanship at the end of the game, wait 10 minutes. Let the guys take their showers, and before the uh, away team gets on the bus to go catch your flight, you, you meet underneath and you say hello. It happens all the time. Once the fans clear out, the opponents get together, they talk, and they, they reconnect. A lot of these guys have known each other for a long time through high school and AAU basketball, and that's a positive thing. That's a good thing for everybody. What's not good is, there's the buzzer. And you put these guys in close proximity to one another because at some point, somebody's going to do the wrong thing, and it is just stupid. And the handshake lines. Why put people in a position where they have every opportunity to make a terrible choice that's going to cost them for a significant period of time, if not the rest of their lives? All right, let's celebrate some birthdays on this President's Day tomorrow, the 290th birth anniversary for the great George Washington. How about that? Carl Johnson, happy birthday. Ronald Barber, the great Linda Lofstrom. Linda Lofstrom, the victim of one of the great uh, horrible uh, outcomes in the history of the 4th of July parade uh, queen uh, uh, elections ever. 1974, Linda Lofstrom was obviously the person who should have been elected the queen. She was not. She was passed over. It was ridiculous. And uh, the people of Lake Bluff, the village of Lake Bluff, they owe Linda Lofstrom an apology, frankly. Uh, Tia Martin, the great Tia Martin. Happy birthday, the great Len Weiner. Happy birthday, the great Patty Spittler. Happy birthday, Rosie Lytle. Happy birthday, the great Debbie Knox celebrating a birthday. 
Uh, Zach Sauka, happy birthday. The great Ruth Holiday, happy birthday. And the great Phil Clendenin, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That is best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, inside Indiana Sports Now, maybe we get some news about things. Other than that, we're going to talk about Indiana basketball. We will also, again, and I wrote about it yesterday at KentSterling.com, talk about the handshake line and the stupidity behind it. It is so ridiculous. And uh, we'll talk about the Colts. We'll see if there's any news today. I got a feeling we're going to have news today, a holiday. Uh Uh-huh. We'll talk about that at about 3 o'clock. And then an instant post game the minute the Indiana-Ohio State game uh, finishes. And by the way, Really, really good game yesterday between Providence and Butler. If I am in the Big East, I do not want to play Butler in the Big East tournament. Purdue, a terrific win because Zach Ivey, or Zach Eady and Jaden Ivey, man, are they really good. That's a good basketball team, and they got a hell of a chance to win uh, win the Big Ten. Tough schedule coming up, but a good chance to win the Big Ten.